0: On this episode of AV Week, holy cow, a number of partnerships within the industry—Logitech, Crestron, Bose, and Sennheiser—what that means for the industry. Also, taking a look at Avixa, the Diversity Council, and what it means for the future of AV. All that and more next on AV Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This This. is AV Nation. This
2: is AV Nation.
0: This is AV Week, episode 444, recorded Friday, February 21st, 2020. A splash of color.
2: Support for AV Nation is brought to you by
1: Vaudio. Makers of the new NDI Professional Broadcast Camera, the RoboShot 30E NDI.
0: And by Christie Digital.
1: And by Draper, focused on innovative solutions.
0: This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news, and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week, Miss Dawn Mead. Welcome, ma'am.
1: Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, always. Uh, also with us are two gentlemen that sort of kind of went went with me to ISC. They didn't go with me, but we were all three there. Uh, first and foremost, Mr. Steve Greenblatt from Control Concepts. Welcome, sir. Glad to be here. Uh, and a young man that I met for the first time in D.C. Uh, at a future event, uh, Mr. Christopher Hope from Loop Lab. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much for having me, Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, great stuff. We're actually going to talk about one of the events that Chris was a part of uh, at, at, uh, at ISE uh, last week. Uh, first story though, here we go. Uh, uh, two actually different stories. One's from our, uh, our, our website. One's from our, our friends over at AV Network and SCN. Two different partnerships. One is Crestron and Logitech. And actually Crestron, uh, the Logitech story that, that AV Network and SCN has, uh, they had a great conversation with Randy Klein of Crestron and Scott Wharton from Logitech. Those two companies are getting together. And actually, it's around the huddle space. Crestron is making a big push, both with their, their uh, partnerships with, with teams, as well as uh, the soft codecs. Um, they're leveraging some of the technology and some of the hardware that, that Logitech has. On the other side of that, you've got Bose and Sennheiser getting together, uh, which is a story from our website, which is even more, which is also interesting. Again, surrounding the huddle space. One of the things, though, that in, in in talking with the, 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 the folks at, at both Sennheiser and and Bose. You have an, two audio companies here, and Don, I'm going to start with you on this, as Don is 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 our end user for this, but Don has also worked for integrators and done a bunch of other stuff in the industry. You've got folks who would ostensibly, if you step back and you look on paper, these are competitors, right? These are flat out competitors. Um, you can go down to Best Buy and you can pick up a pair of Sennheiser headphones, and you can pair, pick up a pair of Bose headphones. Just for full disclosure, I've got both sitting on my desk right now, right? <laughs> Through that wall in my desk, I've got both sitting there. I am not going to make a determination on which ones I think are better. <laughs> um, the, the Bose are newer, so I guess that, those are better to me right now. But in general, you've got a competitor's here, right? Logitech and Crestron, we can make the argument, that not really, but sort of, right? The Bose right. and freaking Sennheiser, that, that also. So, Don, as an end user now, what do partnerships like the, this mean? Does it help when you guys are looking at or does it kind of muddy the waters and go, well, wait, we've, we've got a whole lot of players here that normally don't, don't play well together?
1: Well, it, it's interesting because I kind of have two minds of this, mainly because I came from an integration background. On the one hand, as an end user, when I'm specifying for the enterprise and I'm dealing with folks that may be ordering and having their facilities groups at that location, do the work rather than bringing the AV team from Baltimore. um, You know, we we, we run into we want to make things easy. We want to make things seamless. The whole ecosystem discussion we had when everybody was buying everybody over the past couple of years, you know, you get this one ecosystem, you make it all very plug and play, and everyone plays nice together if it's not the same company, and it just works, and end users love that. Um, On the other hand, you know, the, the skeptical part of me that was always an integrator was like, well you know, I love a good ecosystem. I love making it easy for my end users. But if we're integrating things into a single product, one little feature breaks, you have to replace the whole thing. You know, it's what we saw with some of these monitors that had the built-in computers back way, way back to the Ampro Alice projector days, the big giant projector with the built-in computer. Computer went down, that projector was a 400-pound, you know, paperweight there was no still using the projector without the onboard computer part so i think if they start integrating the products into making these one product to rule them all you know single piece items that's problematic and and also having been an end user you know i have my favorite brands you have your favorite brands my company has its favorite brands what if our favorite control company partners with a camera company we don't like i'm not saying we don't like Logitech. I'm not saying we do like crash drone. I'm not saying we don't but you know if if these partnerships Pair a product that you're not in love with with a product that is your bread and butter Then it can be problematic if because you know, they're gonna want to protect their yard They're gonna want to protect their property and make it a little harder I mean not that they would but make it a little harder to use with the other guy's product Even if a particular end user thinks it's the best so I'm of two minds of this. It could be very good for the industry, but there are some things to watch out for. All
0: right. Chris, uh, can these companies get along? That That is that is one, one question that kind of kept popping up, not just last week, but, but when we've had other stories like this, specifically the ones that, that where you have, I'm going to call it direct competitors, right? Is it possible for these folks to kind of put different sides and different verticals for them, right? So different business groups. In, in their own little silos and say, never these two will touch. Over here though, we're gonna do business and we're gonna, we're gonna make some difference and make some money. Can that happen in, in, in the real world?
3: Listen, uh, the reality of it is is that the AV industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. And at the end of the day, people are already integrating these products. They're already yeah. using these products in, Unity, in unison. Um, and so being able to just create them and package them already integrated um, for many people that are are using some of these brands um, separately is really an awesome opportunity. So I think it's really smart uh, for some of these companies that have products that definitely um, are compatible and are used together um, often by different companies, especially for these huddle, rooms, huddle room spaces, um, to really be able to leverage that aspect of the market. Now, I, I think that this is capturing more and more of what's becoming a niche as we're seeing more of this uh, happen between companies and corporations. And I expect that in the next five years, we're gonna see this grow. Um, I think that we're gonna see this in other areas outside of just huddle rooms. Um, you know, talking about flex spaces, but going into conference spaces and and more. And so I, I just, I think there's exciting possibility there. I, I definitely do share Don's uh, kind of conservative um, uh, perspective. I, I do think that there is something about uh, the need to customize the end user's needs and understanding that there could be some challenges there. However, I mean, I, to have the option, I don't think you know it's a bad thing to have the option on the table for, for
0: the end user. All right, very good. Mr. Greenblatt, isn't this what we do in the industry? Uh, not to be coy, and Chris already kind of mentioned the fact that, that we already we, we do this, right? This is what the integration uh, industry does. This is what audiovisual integrators do: is they make products work together. What happens when the manufacturers kind of cut us out of that and doing it on their own and making it easier for us?
2: So that that's been just a, a lot of the talk of the industry in general, you know, and and uh, in, in my world and and the, uh, you know control systems and and the the idea that we can now. Make something work with a number of mouse clicks rather than having to write a lot of code that that's a good example of this happening uh, when it comes down to it we're here to serve the clients right and we and so we we need to make sure that we want to offer them something that's going to be, that's going to serve their needs. And that's as an industry, what we need to be able to be, we need to be focusing on because that, that they're the ones that pay the, pay the bills. <laughs> and so um, if that's, that, that's where the, so, so I also think too, that there's a, a larger uh, um, demand for solutions. So these are going to be likely in just in rooms that are not rooms that we would have been outfitting with larger, more uh, complex, and integrated systems anyway. Yeah. So, it, and it could be a nice way to get a foot in the door to be able to look at managed services and lo- look at trying to b- use this as a stepping stone into larger, more more um, integrated systems as, as the client needs.
0: All right, one one question though, Steve, as a follow up to that. Yes, we are here to serve the client, but as integrators, you can't do that if you're not in business if you're not right. in business right so I guess are we just having to we're going to have to as an industry find different ways to monetize um the things that we do for sure yeah.
2: and and I think that's been a challenge that that a lot of us have faced for some time. Uh, they, we, we can't really rely on, on what uh, on easy systems, let's call them anymore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, following up on a, a last uh, not, not the last story for ISE because ISE will probably play out for the next m- month or so. Um, but Chris, uh, hope was, was a part of a, an event uh, was on Tuesday of, of ISE. June, Sarpong uh, from the BBC. Uh, actually actually started out at, at MTV a number of years ago. She was a part of a panel on diversity for the Diversity Council as a part of ISD, the Avixa Diversity Council. Chris, I'm going to start with you on this. As we kind of expand that, as Avixa has expanded that council and what that council means, but also the events that that council um, uh, has, what does it mean to the industry, but also what does it mean to um, underrepresented people in the industry to have a diversity council?
3: Absolutely. First, I, I want to give a huge shout out to June, but also to the Avixa Trade Association and um, also to Lisa who served, uh, from Sure Incorporated, who served on the panel as well. Um, I just, uh, the panel, for those who were not there, for the Avixa Diversity uh, Panel at ISC 2020 was incredible. Um, ISC, ISC 2020 was just a phenomenal experience. Um, To answer your question, I I will say that one of the things that is really imperative as the AV industry continues to grow, um, that we're thinking around worker pipelines and being smart and equitable about how we're approaching putting more and more people in positions. One of the things that I spoke uh, about on the panel is people that are in these companies, um, for whatever reason, there's been kind of of failures where, for example, you know, here at the Loop Lab where I'm the executive director and founder, we train young adults, mostly young adults of color and women to get into the audio video industry. And so when they graduate, we send them into paid internships and they go into the field. One common issue that we're finding here in Massachusetts is that many of the integrators and in some of the companies that we really are trying to partner with and to have internships and job employment spaces, they're requiring our folks to have cards. And so just that one requirement now, even though some of our folks are are you know really incredible, they're uh, highly talented, they they're hard hard workers, they know their uh, their stuff, they're doing their due diligence. They just don't have access just because of that one requirement, yeah. uh, which is something that's easily change, changeable if top, upper management at, at the company can just say, hey, is, this, is there really a reason why we need to make this a requirement? And if so, is there a way that we can work with entry-level employees to get them to a space where they can maybe have the company car or be able to uh, give, give them the, get, get them into a space where within the six months we can get them their own car? Um, And so I think being intentional about how decisions are made uh, in many of these companies really becomes paramount as we go more and more to some of these conferences, whether it's Infocom or ISE, and we're not seeing the kind of um, diversity that we see actually in our end user population and the demographics that we end up serving. And so I I just I, I want to encourage the broader industry to think equitable equitably rather, and understanding why that's important, why being value-based as an industry is important. And so to have partners, um, corporate partners in doing that work that have corporate responsibility, and you'll find that in doing that, companies will be more productive. You will have not only a diversity of, of gender and racial and ethnic backgrounds represented, You'll also have a diversity of ideas and innovation grow in certain areas. When you have these hermetically sealed environments, uh, unfortunately, you'll, you'll, you end up finding some of the same old same ideas that are just being kind of spun over again and again and again. But sometimes when you add a little, no, no pun intended, a little color, you, you'll find that uh, there's a broader uh, palette that, that can be added to that. Um, and in a mm-hmm. spectrum of added. So I definitely, uh, I think we're in the right direction. Um, I, I think that the conversations are starting and the VIXA diversity council is at the forefront of those conversations. Charmaine is doing an incredible job. Yep. Uh, you know, Michael McLaughlin has been doing phenomenal work and, uh, all of the the, the men and women and uh, others that are, you know, really meeting regularly to talk about how we can strategize to bring equity inclusion at the forefront of the industry, because um, it's not the future. It's the now. Yeah. And, yeah. and the question is, is that our organizations and companies within affiliation of a going to understand the need and necessity uh, on a values and principle based of it? Or are they going to learn it the hard way, which is the bottom line, um, the bottom line perspective? Because, I mean, unfortunately, that could also hurt one's bottom line if they're not doing the right things on that end. Yeah. So, um, I, I, if anything, I can only be a vessel to bring more awareness and to contribute to the added value that is already happening with the, the Avixa Diversity Council, which is continuing to create campaigns, panels, and other opportunities to bring more awareness Create more conversation and dialogue and also scholarships you know one of the things that's coming out of the vixa diversity council is the mosaic scholarship and the elevate scholarships which are really geared towards bringing uh, young women into the industry but also people of color into the industry mosaic, and elevate uh scholarship with women and so those are phenomenal because you know, for any one of our students here at the Loop Lab, um, it could, it's an opportunity uh, for many of them that come from low-income backgrounds to say, wow, like, this is a career path that maybe before I had not considered. And what's beautiful about that is the low-access barrier that, it, that comes with coming into the AV world. I'm sure everyone can attest that here on the panel and in the discussion that one of the beautiful things about a career in A.V. is that it's one of the last vestiges, in, at least in America, of the middle class, a middle class job or a middle class profession, right? It's one of those jobs where you can graduate high school or get your GED, and maybe not have a college degree, but you can come out and still earn. If you work hard and you do your due diligence and you're ready to bust your tail, you can make an honest, good living um, and work your way to the top. And unfortunately, there's not that many other kinds of trades like that out there. And so that makes this an incredible career path for many young adults, especially young adults that are coming from spaces where they're looking for economic elevation and mobility.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Steve, as somebody who is in a a hiring position, Talk for a second about, and I'm not asking you to hire Chris. He's in Boston. You're in New Jersey.
2: Um, we can't but, get along on sports teams. So well, that's, that, that, there, there's that
0: too. Chris and I can't get along on sports teams. I mean, <laughs> reigning Stanley cup champion right here. So, uh, well not me personally, but the blues. Um, but, uh, talk for a second about that, right? Talk about, about getting more and more folks. Uh, Chris used the the splash of color. It's not, a, I, I take it it is a great pun. Um, But, you know, talk about, you know, some of the things that as an employer and as a a hiring person, you can do in working with a mix of diversity and and getting more and more um, diverse points of view and diverse folks into the industry
2: so I could touch on a few of the things and all the things that Chris said are, are amazing. I mean, and I'm fully behind them. You know, the, the 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 impact that can be made by the initiatives that we just discussed are really what the future of the industry is. It's, yeah. we we've been so hungry for, for, for talent and for, for young people. And, and even, even for older people, I mean, we, we, they, they, we, we need, Good people that are committed to the industry and 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 are passionate because most of the people that are that do get in and, and last a, a year, let's say, they're probably in it for life. I mean, it's it's just such a, it, it you know, this industry has that type of stickiness to it, and uh, and and there's incredible opportunities, and and you know, I, it was an amazing point about the idea that you really don't need a particular set of credentials to be able to be successful in this industry. I mean, I I can talk, you know, both uh, about people on my team, as well as people uh, about colleagues and mentors that, that have less schooling than I have. I mean, you know, it's, uh, and, and, and they've been very, very successful at um, the, the, there's an amazing, um, the 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 you know the the opportunities are amazing and and you know we you know one of the things about thinking differently you know that comes to mind to me and I actually um, commented on on the you know I've been involved a little bit in the council or events myself and and just the idea of thinking thinking differently about how you can approach business and you know and I and if I if I really take that and extrapolate on it quite a bit i don't think that the that independent programmers wouldn't it would exist today if we didn't think differently yeah you know many many years ago and everybody has to break in somewhere and we have to stop only doing things the way we've been doing them i mean there there's that the the the, we have we have to be thinking more broadly um at, you know, and and as far as you know, being able to uh, to bring people in, I think that the that you know, every source is a good one, and especially if we can bring people in that that have been pre-qualified and have some training and, and, uh, and, and I, you know, I think I've been involved a little bit with uh, Lincoln tech, which is, uh, you know, a local technical school and trying to just, I mean, it's just, it's so rewarding to be able to give back and, and to be able to tell people about the, your career and the successes that you've had and what they have the opportunity to to do in the
3: future. Absolutely. Don. Go ahead.
0: Go ahead, Chris. I
3: I, I wanted to uh, thank you so much for your comments, Steve. Uh, I did want to add that one of the things that really uh, was remarkable was June June, who did a wonderful job on the uh, diversity panel, by the way, moderating it. Uh, She asked me a question about some tangible things that people can do in order, within the industry, in order to promote inclusion and promote um, equity. One of the things that I, I really want to stress is representation. It's really important for people to be able to learn and to see themselves in the AV industry. I can't tell you how many times many of our young women here in our learning community are dejected when they go on YouTube trying to find like YouTube tutorials on how to build a rack, right? How to, how to, how to do cabling. And it's, you know, there's no disrespect, it's a 45 year old white man. Um, and it's not someone who looks like them or talks like them or comes from a neighborhood like they would come from, that they come from. And that can be challenging um, for for many of the different kinds of people. You know, we should have videos with people with disabilities. We should have uh, women. We should have people from the LGBTQ spectrum represented in some of this um, uh, tutorial information that's online. Um, Simple things like that, that um, organizations and as a, commu- a broader AV community, I think we should be conscious of. And also a- as companies, thinking about people that are in positions of leadership. Um, and obviously there's something to be said about meritocracy and merit. However, once that you know, is expected and done, you know, okay, let's talk about you know, what does it mean to have a person of color in a particular position in the AV company um, or a or woman in a position um, in that. And that's why I really appreciate like Share Incorporated where they have C-level executive women that are really doing great work and they're very innovative. You'll, you'll, yeah. You see the innovations that are coming out of there. And not to say that no other AV-related <laughs> company is innovative, but you see the, the impact in real time because people are choosing inclusion, they're choosing equity, they're choosing equality.
0: Yeah, and Chris, the current CEO of, of Sure, she came up through the ranks of engineers, right? Uh, right. And Don, Chris actually hit the the next point I was going to hit, and that is representation. Uh, I'm one so of glad, the glad things... you went there
1: because I was going to go there whether you asked yeah. me about it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: So, and and, and not to, not for nothing, I've said this before in talking about um, um, uh, diversity and talking about harassment. I am. A middle-aged white guy, straight middle-aged white guy, right? I am, I am that side of, of what, what you know, whatever. I understand what I, you know, I understand that I. There are certain things that I don't know and I don't get and I will not experience. So both from Chris and and Don, we'll have you on this representation. The one thing I've understood in talking with with folks like Chris and you and uh, Charmaine and other folks is seeing people that look like you, right. in positions. Right, it is a huge thing. Explain for a second why that is, and then go on.
1: So it comes down to relatability. You know, if you never see someone with your color skin or your gender or your orientation or anything like that in a particular position, it feels like maybe you're not welcome there. Doesn't mean that you're not welcome there, but you don't have that understanding of this is for me. I can go there. And I wanted to bring up another topic about that, and that's end users. Mm -hmm. You know, when we do projects, we're not just selling a product, we're not just integrating a product, we have to sell and integrate that product to an end user, to stakeholders. You know, that's the first thing they teach you. Who are your stakeholders? What do they look like? And while not just the AV industry, but all industries are still very male dominated, a lot of your C level executives are going to be male, there are still women out there that are C level. But more importantly, when you go and integrate an enterprise, and put in hundreds of conference rooms, hundreds of meeting spaces. Do you think that those probably white, but definitely male guys that are the C-level purchasers are the ones running the rooms? They're the ones using the rooms. Who's running the rooms? It's your admin team. And unfortunately in America, even 2020, the admin team, at least where I work, of thousands of workers, predominantly women. And I know when our salespeople come in, and they start talking to some of these women for training. It, they get it, but they don't get it because you know communication styles, you know assumption of of knowledge that people may or may not have—not just from being in the industry and not, but you know there are gender differences there. I know for a fact that when we have our IT team and the AV staff, myself included, and and you know uh, integrators in to do a training on a new facility, inevitably I'm the one leading a lot of the training with the women that are going to be running the rooms, that are going to be setting up the rooms, that are going to be the boots on the ground at that site in that room at that time. Because there's only a small IFT staff and a small A V staff. We're not going to be in every conference room for every meeting. So they'll look to me because they resemble me. You know, obviously I'm not a person of color, especially not this time of year. I'm a little paler than normal in the middle of winter. (laughs) But you know in the baltimore dc area we do have a splash of color as as uh, chris put it you know and, but even there the splash of color is inevitably guys so you know you need that that representation both for the women and for the people of color and it gives people the idea that we can ask you questions for some reason you're more approachable because i understand you i have something in common with you and that makes you my number one resource when I have an issue because I'm intimidated by this guy or, 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 or that person for one reason or another. Yeah. So I think it's vitally important. And I agree with everything Chris and Steve said. Yay.
0: All right. There we go. <laughs> that'll, be, uh, that'll be a good place to end it there, guys. Thank you all so much uh, for joining us. Ms. Dawn Mead, where can people find you if they are so inclined?
1: Well, I do work in the defense uh, aerospace industry, so I'm not going to tell you where I work and I'm not allowed to, but you can always find me here on avnation.tv, hosting the AV social show and cropping up periodically on AV week like this week. Um, You can also find me all over the socials at avdawn or dawnmead.
0: All right. Very good. Mr. Greenblatt, uh, where can people find you or uh, control concepts, sir?
2: Uh, control Concepts is at controlconcepts.net and I can be found on social at Steve Greenblatt. But as Dawn said, you can also find me at a- tv with uh, the Estate of Control podcast. So uh, lots of good content and uh, that, that podcast is targeted toward the the, uh, the control automation and programming aspects of the industry. And I also do a little, little bit of work with the NSCA Foundation and Ignite, and which is also uh, focused on bringing young people into the industry, and I'd love to talk to anybody who is, wants to know more about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, Steve, um, Steve and I saw each other earlier today, where he recorded his his next episode of *A State of Control*, where he had our buddy uh, Joe Way uh, from USC, who just won our 2019 Aviation uh, Professional of the Year award, and uh, Nick Miller, along with Uncle Richie, who is always you know hanging around with Steve. Uh, Mr. Hope, thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much.
3: Uh, you can find The Loop Lab uh, at thelooplab.org. And we're on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, it is instagram.com backslash we, we are the loop lab. Or the, t- the tag is at we are the loop lab. Um, and also on Facebook, it is facebook.com backslash we are the loop lab. In addition to this work, uh, just one of the things that we do in order to sustain ourselves as an organization, aside from grant writing, is we actually hire our alumni to do for hire videography work. And so they do digital storytelling. So if you have a company that is looking for that one minute summary video of the products um, that you create and the impact that it has on the customer, or if you're looking for if you're doing you want to do a campaign series. Related to a particular issue or an initiative um, our, our young adults are hired at 2250 uh, an hour to do that work on a professional level And so if there is is any interest in that um, Definitely would love to talk to folks out there if there's interest uh, for people to want to sponsor Our young adults I mean, while well, all of our young adults as I said are 18 to 26 years old looking to get into the AV uh, industry and obviously, a big part of that is needing income um, during their time of getting professional development. And so, sponsorship becomes huge, as well as uh, sponsorship for their paid internships. And so, I can be reached at chope at thelooplab.org.
0: Right, and I really quickly, really just more uh, clarification Any, in and around the Boston area or anywhere?
3: It, it could be anywhere. It could be
0: okay. anywhere. The reason I ask is because that's where where Chris is. So, Uh, All right. Thank you all so much. Uh, For me, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on the Twitters. Uh, I mentioned the Blues. That's about what I'm talking about right now. Uh, Although somebody worked me into this whole seven pictures in seven days thingy, and I'm uh, not freaking Justin Watson and Craig McCormick out for doing it. So that's what I'm (laughs) also talking about on the Twitters. Uh, but more importantly for the folks here uh, at AV Nation, go by the website if you would, please. AVNation.tv. That's TV. You'll find programs like this and a host of others, including uh, two of my fine uh, panelists. Their shows, uh, Don Mead and Kelly Perkins does uh, marketing and social media, AV Social. Steve does uh, State of Control along with our uh, buddy, uh, Rich Figoza. Um, Matt Scott, my counterpart, does residential once a week. I'm not sure when he does it anymore um but he posts on wednesday so i'll put it that way uh, also while you're there check out our underwriter section these are the folks who help us financially help us bring you av week and Resi week in the state of control and av social and ISE 2020 which honestly felt like 100 years ago but was just seven days ago um that we recorded this episode yeah um so
3: oh, it's by the people. It's oh yeah it was yeah. it was
0: it was a whirlwind um if you're this will post on Monday. If you're in and around the Dallas area or headed to the BLC, come uh, come hang out with Mr. Steve uh, Greenblatt and I. So we'll be down there. Um, also, both this spring and this fall, I will be running around Almo uh, Almo's E4 events. So uh, Santa Clara, uh, DC in the spring, and then uh, Dallas and Boston in the um, is that right? Dallas and Boston. Dallas and Boston in the in the fall i'll be doing a this panel fall
3: on, you on, and me we, we got to yeah, connect well we will it, and
0: here's the thing chris it'll be the fall so we can go get, catch a, a bruins game so that's right uh, bruins yeah. all the way so yeah <laughs> check all that out um and before we know it, it'll it be InfoCom. so yeah all that and more at avnation.tv that's aviation.tv thank you so much for listening thanks so much for watching that's all the time we have for av week